Hello and welcome to the Essendon People Podcast, an unofficial Essendon Football Club supporter podcast. Hosted by Brendan and Mark, Essendon People is a podcast for those who live and breathe Aussie rules and the Mighty Bombers. From the casual fan to the hardcore supporter, if you have the red and black in your heart, then Essendon People is the podcast for you. Thank you for joining us. Let's Let's start start the pod. pod. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Essendon People podcast, our round 15 preview of the Fremantle game coming up on Saturday night. Brendan, unusual for us to be doing a Thursday night team selection show. It's um, it's a nice change. Yeah, it certainly is. Instead of uh, doing our guesses on what the team might be, we'll we actually be able to uh, tell you what the team is and have a bit more analysis. Um, before we start the week off, Mark, what did you do? Did you get up yourself? Get up? Not too much? Um, no, just took advantage of not having any footy on the weekend and, um, just spent some time with, uh, with family and everything and, and partner. So, uh, did that and then otherwise kept pretty low and sort of just kept quiet and enjoyed not having to stress about, uh, about a game. So, uh, that was good. What about you? Well, I did pretty much exactly. No partner. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what about, I guess, obviously, Essendon fans and I guess the footy world in general, uh, given the, the reliance on Essendon for media um, content, was kind of starved of, of content and managed to draw out of the club uh, a, a proposed logo uh, change. And there's been a lot of speculation and discussion and, <coughs> pardon me, um, uh, to be to be frank, I think, I think I'm almost over reading uh, people talking about us going back to the older version of the logo and talking about whether or not we'll lose the Bombers name or um, some people even going as far as, you know, we might be named something else or lose the red sash and all that sort of thing. What have you made of it all? Oh, a whole lot of waffle, really. Like, as you said, without without this football club, the Herald Sun would have gone out of business a decade ago. <laughs> we have propped them up like nobody else. Uh, in terms of the logo, uh, if people don't, Remember, we had a different logo last year in our 150th right, than what we've got this year. This logo we've had has been around since, what, 97, 98. That's by far and away the longest logo, active current logo of any other club. Uh, you know, Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond, they've changed their logos for far more regularly than we have. We've had, you know, up to eight, ten logos in our history. I don't think... The logo, whatever it is, makes that much difference as long as it's kind of like connects to Essendon or something like that. Uh, in terms of the Bomber, you know, the club's 150 years of age. I think the Bomber's nickname came in 1940, I think I read over the past couple of days. So there is a period of the club's history before that the Bomber wasn't associated. I think for me... It's the red sash on the black jumper. In the club's constitution, it says that in order for the SN Football Club to be the SN Football Club, the players must wear a black jumper with a sash. Or, sorry, they must have a red sash, not a black jumper, because we all know with our glorious uh, clash jumpers over the years, we've uh, pulled some funny things out there. But I guess when you see, if you go to the games, you see the players run through, there's a yeah, something to the words of the fact that the red sash that crosses our heart and unites us all. 
And I think that is the key thing. I think that's a good quote uh, that sums up my perspective. What about you, Mark? Do you think we should change the name? And if we do, what, what do you think we should become? Uh, no, don't don't change the name. I don't I don't want to become the Essendon Jets or uh, anything like that. But um, so I think the Bombers has to stay uh, for me. It's it's synonymous with, with kind of what people know now and been around for a long time. The logo I actually really like the current logo, but you know things change in the world. Woolworths changed their logo. Uh, many sporting teams, you know, in the US and in Europe and things like that have changed their logo. As you said, AFL teams change their logo as well. So. Um, you know, the logo, I'm sure it will change because that's progression and that's what it is. And quite frankly, I don't really mind as long as we play good football on the weekend and it's enjoyable to go watch like it has been uh, pretty much all this year. So um, not really fussed what, what the logo looks like, if that's the case. So um, good bit of good bit of chat to start the intro. And now let's jump into round 15. So Frio, Saturday night, Optus Stadium, 7.25 prime time. So uh, off, off the bye a few clubs have sort of in recent times struggled off the buys. So interesting to see how we go. Um, Frio coming off a, off a pretty bad loss when they came over to Melbourne. Um, they got sort of done by 70 points there. So I'm sure that they will be firing and ready to bounce back and have probably been copying it in the media in what is a two-team town over there uh, in WA. So um, I guess let's start off with our injuries. Uh, Jaden Davey, we know with the knee out for the season, but more notable ones here, Sam Draper, with his hip uh, has been confirmed as not being available for this week. He's got a bit of a hip complaint that it sounds like he's been nursing um, through the year. Uh, Darcy Parrish with his calf, he was listed as a test, but he's been named, so that's great news. Uh, Harry Jones, we know with the ankles out for the year. Zach Reed with a hammy, he is listed as a test as well, and we hope to see him back. Um, VFL doesn't play this week, do they? I'm not sure. I think maybe they might do. I think last week was the boy. I've, I've got confused with the... Uh... 14 games, it's round 15, it's a little bit, yeah, but uh, maybe. But I guess to the point you're trying to make there, is that coming back is coming back VFL. Don't, don't rush him a week early <laughs> just to play VFL and hurt yourself. You know? Yeah, but particularly because it was a pretty nasty hammy. It was a six-week hammy for a young player, which is not, not good traditionally. So, uh, and, you know, the, the likelihood of reoccurrence seems to, to be up there when it's a big hammy like that. Uh, Will Setterfield with his foot is only a couple of weeks away now, which is good news. I think Will Setterfield's a really important cog in uh, in the Essendon machine now. Um, Dylan Shield with his foot, he hasn't got up. This is a bit of a concern. He sort of, since he got his foot trod on, I think, against Brisbane, you know, a little while ago, he's, he sort of struggled uh, and came back and played fairly poorly and got subbed out of the game and, and has struggled since by the sounds of it. Um, and then the big news is Jaden Hunter, um, obviously brought across to the club a couple of weeks ago. Played really well in the VFL uh, about a week ago and kicked four or five goals and um, and now is out with a back injury and it looks like that that is season over. So this is not one that we're unfamiliar with, unfortunately. This is the fourth player now who suffered this sort of stress fracture related injury and uh, yeah, it seems like it was a, a pre-existing thing that's uh, potentially going to cause some issues. So they're going to rest him, I guess, and that probably is season over. So interesting to see what happens with Jaden because uh, I believe he signed a, one of the six-month contracts. And um, I guess that means that we either need to take the punt and re-sign him uh, for next year or risk him you know, going into the supplementary period next year or into the draft or something at the end of the year. I think we'll, um, we'll take the punt and give him another contract there. He's 
21-22. He's just from an ACL production. I think he's pl- he played maybe six games, definitely three at waffle level. It was good enough to see him catch it. And then in the time with us, he's kicked, you know, the first game kicked the one goal in a really, you know, you know, tough week for him in terms of preparing to play football considering it's before he was just <laughs> living his normal life. But if people were interested, go watch the game against Carlton at Princess Park that the VFL guys played. He stood out. He was really, really good. He drew the ball, marked it at its highest point. It was a dead eye for uh, kicking for goal, and he showed a lot in that game. It's just a shame that he's um he's injured himself. I don't think we were ever going to pick him up for the purpose of we've got to play him this year to maybe win a final or anything like that. I think looking at his profile and his and how he's come back to football this year, it was always more of a long-term investment there, especially with, you know, as you mentioned, Harry Jones having a, an injury there, a young key forward, <laughs> something of a need on the list. So, I say. And then finally, Mark, the forgotten man, but not by us, James Stewart with a foot, three weeks. <laughs> so at least we know he's tracking in the right direction. Yeah, the weeks are coming off and uh, he's nearly there. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good to see uh, James Stewart play some footy again. And, um, uh, you know, I dare say he'll go straight through the VFL after missing so much footy. So um, it's going to be good to, to get some experience back there as well um, for some players like Hayes and people like that and Baldwin that, you know, younger, less experienced players. And uh, James Stewart will provide a lot of confidence and experience for them. So we'll move on injuries now and James Aish uh, with a concussion he's a 10 and uh, as well Michael Frederick Matt Tabernard and Sean Darcy so uh, we'll get into the teams now but Darcy has been picked to play for Fremantle so he's a big he's a big inclusion especially when you consider the Draper for us goes out uh, be interesting to see Matchups, yeah, and uh, Will Brody's another big one as well. I think I'm not sure whether he got named. I think he did, but um, yeah, he's a bit of a inside mid kind of beast. So they've got some big ins this week, I guess, Rio, and um, and so do we. But uh, yeah, some some outs as well for us. So I guess maybe let's let's start with our ins and outs, and then go through our sides. So Parish and Kelly come into the side, and um, and out goes Draper, obviously with that hip complaint. Uh, Nick Hines been omitted, and Massimo D'Ambrosio uh, is out. He was the sub um, last week, so he's got out of the side. So uh, I guess that means for team lineup, let's just go through it quickly. Back six: uh, Andy McGrath, Zerk Thatcher, Laverde, Redmond, halfback, Ridley, and halfback. Langford listed at the halfback flank. I I hope that's uh, just a bit of game playing there. Uh, and then if you want to take us through through the centre line in the midfield, Brendan. Yeah, so it's uh, Martin on the wing, Heppel on the other, uh, Merritt in the centre, and then the followers are Phillips, Parrish, and Caldwell. Interesting to see Hep on the wing and not Durham. Well, I actually can't. Uh, Durham's listed at half forward there, but I, I think we can all agree, and certainly that the Durham and Martin combination wing this year has done really well. And I think Hepps in recent weeks actually played quite a pivotal role in the back line there, directing, taking marks, that kind of kick-chip style. With his team. 
effective in that role. So we to see how that all plays out come Saturday. Yeah, and then uh, actually just on that before we go to the forward line, I guess you got there's sort of three guys there who I can see out of position. It's Langford at halfback, Heppel on the wing, and Durham at half forward. So I would hope that Durham is actually on the wing, Heppel's at halfback, and Langford's at half forward. So um, anyway, we'll see that often there's there's a little you know Easter egg when they put these sides out where there's a, a player just randomly named. Um, I remember many a time seeing uh, you know a, a Small forward named at centre half forward, which often we actually saw come true during games, but um, <laughs> but, but a lot of the times it was just listed that way on a Thursday night. So I'll get back into the team. So forward line, Durham half forward, Wiedemann centre half forward, Snelling on the other flank, and then in the pocket, Guelphie and Stringer, and at full forward, Peter Wright. Yeah, and then interchange of Hobbs, Perkins, and our emergencies are Nick Cox, Nick Hine, Nick Bryan, Smay. <laughs> There, so very interesting lineup there, Mark. I think with we'll get into some of the matchups there, but I think probably a good chance to come in. And Cox has been an emergency for a couple of weeks now, so yeah, and look to bring him and make his debut for the season this week. Yeah, for for mine, I haven't seen. Cox build the confidence that I'd like to see at VFL level. So, like, if it was me, I, I feel like, you know, Brad Scott's been sort of um, pretty consistent in his messaging that players, you know, will come in when they're ready and when they when they can impact and all that sort of thing. I, I feel like Nick, Nick Cox hasn't quite fully ticked all those boxes yet. Um, Nick Bryan is an interesting one because if, if the team goes in as currently named and Nick Bryan doesn't play, uh, this will be the first game this year, I reckon, that we've gone in without two dedicated Ruckman. So, obviously, the dynamic's a little bit different now with Peter Wright in the side and, um, and you know, Wiedemann can sort of pinch it here and there to help out. But, um, yeah, this would be the first time that we, we'd go in without two Ruckman. And that would be particularly interesting considering Fremantle have got Darcy and Luke Jackson, right, two, plus they've got... Creasy position side player, so they could have the, you know, two traditional forwards plus two ruckmen, kind of like what we've been looking to do. So it'd be interesting to see how they go. That Brian last in the West against West Coast did did a couple of nice, took a nice mark, really stood out. Was ultimately subbed off in that game there, but oh, I think we're fans of the two ruckmen policy and games in the Brian to see what he's got. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And let's quickly go through Fremantle's 22. So um, off the, the back six here, we've got Brennan Cox, Alex Pierce, Hayden Young, Brandon Walker, Luke Ryan, and Jordan Clark. You want to take us through the, the centre line of the midfield? So it's Liam Henry and Michael Frederick on the wings, Caleb's in the centre, then Darcy, Brayshaw and Fife as the followers. The forward, uh, the forward line here is Josh Tracy, who you mentioned just before, Luke Jackson, Michael Walters, Sam Switkowski, Jai Amis, and Lockie Schultz. And then the interchange is Neil Erasmus, Matthew Johnson, Jago O'Meara, Ethan Hughes, and emergencies off Sam Josh Corbett, Nathan O'Driscoll, and Carl Warner. So from going through that side, Mark, what it says to me is, Lots of height in that back line and a bit of run. And 
a midfield of Darcy, Brayshaw, Fife, and Sarong. <laughs> Pretty strong. <laughs> Pretty strong indeed. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they go on home deck, us travelling with the week off and coming, like you mentioned earlier, after, off a bad loss to see how back up in front of home fans. Um, yeah, be, so I think it's going to be quite an interesting game. And, and they're a young sort of developing side overall. But um, let's not forget that while they've been a little bit inconsistent this year, they had a very good season last year and made the finals. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't think they just scraped in either. I think that they were, you know, top four material at one point and maybe finished about fifth or sixth or something like that. Um, so, yeah, they're not they're certainly not easy beats, uh, Fremantle. And while they've been a bit up and down this year, I think it, it would be, um, yeah, pretty. It wouldn't be good to take them lightly, is what I'm trying to say. So let's go through some of the key matchups. So Brennan Cox, um, there, as you said, strong backline. Uh, we've got here Sam Wiedemann as the matchup. Um, big, big job for Wiedemann this week. He's been a little bit quiet, I feel, for probably, you know, three to four weeks now. Um, I think he maybe kicked a couple of goals against Richmond in the Dream Time game, which. We're in the first quarter from memory from a couple of free kicks, but um, it's a big job for Wiedemann because I don't need him. I mean, I'd love him to come out and kick four, but I don't need him to come out and kick four. I just need him to make a contest. And if he doesn't mark it or, you know, he hits the pack, I need him to follow up. Uh, you know, I, I shouldn't say I, I'm, I'm not the coach, but I think as fans, we want to see that defensive effort. We want to see pressure. We want to see him chase. You know, I understand he's a big guy and he's not going to necessarily run people down like, you know, Tipper does or Guelphie does or or uh, something like that. But, um, yeah, we just need to see some good presentation, leads, hit some packs and uh, make it hard for people when, when the ball's on the ground or when the ball's trying to come out of our forward 50. I do agree that his follow-up is probably he can prove in his game. You look at players like Draper and Phillips, who probably aren't as talented as what you would imagine to be classic talented as, as footballer as Wiedemann is. But what they really have in their game is their follow-up. You know, Draper, how many times has he hit it yeah. out of the ruck and kind of kicked it forward, knocked somebody over and got it yeah. going forward? Even though he doesn't know exactly what he's doing, right, it gets it to our advantage. Phillips is a real hard worker. He works in the games, always put so a bit of him would be great. And it's got to be missed, needed. We miss So if we do go in with the, the one ruckman with Phillips, Wiedemann's going to be the second ruck. So he's right. So it'll be interesting to see um, what he does if he is forward. Cox. Cox is a good player there. So um, could be. Could be a matchup. Next one, I think, is probably the two best players from either side: Caleb Sarong and Zach Merritt. Funnily enough, very similar players in terms of stature and their attack on the football. I think whoever wins this will go a long way to uh, winning the game because I think they're both the prime movers for each side. Yeah, Sarong's a, a ripping player and he's only young too, so uh, he's got plenty ahead of him. But um, yeah, good head to head there, both. Very similar players, as you said. So that, that's going to be a really important battle in the middle. And uh, we'll move on to Hayden Young playing on Matt Guelphie. So, uh, again, a really important role. I think Guelphie's come back into the side and provided some good presence. And, yeah, um, you know, that 
really pressure kind of 1% game that we've come to know. So that's going to be important again. Um, our last game against Carlton, we had good tackle numbers inside forward 50. We had good tackle numbers overall. We had good, you know, one percenters and smothers and things like that. And that's uh, really what Guelphie needs to bring. And if he can snag a goal or two along the way, then that's going to be a bonus and, you know, stop the run of someone like Young on the way out. Yeah, that's right. They've got a number of runners in their back line with, you know, Walker and Clark and obviously Hayden Young's a part of that as well. I think what what Young stands out there is his kicking. I think his disposal is really, really important. He's probably like to get out of uh, Jordan is what Freeman looked to get out of Hayden Young. So have a guy Mate. like Welfy, his disposal, that part of his game effective and what it would be, I think that, that would help us. Uh, the next, the a star one, Alex Pierce, Peter Wright. Alex Pierce is the captain of Fremantle. He's their number. And obviously, Peter is uh, our best and fairest winner. So, it'd be interesting to see how Peter backs up second game for the year. It's a bit odd who came in, had a week off playing again. How does his body go with that? The travel. Uh, Pierce is a good player, but I'm backing Peter in to have a big night. Yeah, we'd love to see that. And then uh, Jaya Miss for them are forward on uh, Jaden Laverty is what we've got. So it'd be good to see Laverty play a really defensive role. I watched a Fremantle game a week or two ago. I think it was when they played Richmond and, and Jaya Miss really stood out. He looks like a student out there. Like he, he's a young sort of skinny, you know, unassuming kind of looking player, but he's got strong hands. He really good leading patterns, knows where to get, knows how to find the ball. And he's a really nice kick as well. So um, he could easily kick, you know, three or four goals uh, for Fremantle if we're not careful. So I think Laverde's the perfect the perfect matchup for him because he's definitely got him physically. Um, Laverde, you know, maybe, I'm not sure, off the mark might not have the pace, but um, I think physically he's got him and he's really defensive-minded, which is what you need for someone like that. I'm happy if I don't really see Laverde do a whole lot during the game, but if I look at the stat sheet and see that Jai Miss hasn't really touched the ball, then I think we're pretty happy for those, that those two to cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Uh, next one, Archie Perkins playing on Nat Fife. I reckon that's a uh, young bull, old bull, you know, or whatever sort of uh, saying you want to have with it. I think Perkins, with his height and his strength, is a good matchup. They sent Perkins to Paddy Cripps, the big bull for Carlton, the captain, the, the superstar, Brownlow medalist, and. Perko uh, beat him on the day, so it'd be interesting to see if they do that again with Fife. Uh, Fife's had a lot of injuries recently. He's probably not the player who's been kind of playing forward a bit more, but I think um, if I was coach Freeman, and my best, one of my better midfielders over course in the midfield, and I think that's what they'll do. And the Perkins-Fife matchup, I think it's going to be another one to watch for all the fans at home. That'd be a big one for for Perko, wouldn't it? To uh, you know, play against Carlton and get get told you know you're going to play on the Brownlow medalist, and then have a week off and come back and get told you're going to play on the dual Brownlow medalist. So um, yeah, big big job ahead for Perko, but great great learning experience. So move on to uh, Luke Ryan there and uh, Kyle Langford. So I guess uh, yeah, it depends where Langford plays. I, I suppose he's listed at half back and and depending on what role we want him to play. I don't think we want him to play there. So I'm not sure, you know, whether this matchup will actually happen or not. But uh, regardless, I think 
regardless of who he plays on, we're going to rely on Langford to to be kind of a marking target. As you said, they're a bit of a taller team and and a bit aerial as well. So I think we're going to rely on Langford to be a marking target. Now that we've got uh, Peter Wright back as well, uh, that means Langford can push up the ground a little bit further like he's been known to do and um, use his skills coming in into the forward line to look for someone like Wiedemann or or, uh, or two-metre Peter. Yeah, he's... His barking is obviously a real strength of his Langford, and I know they wanted to play him back in the preseason because they rate kicking up the ground, kicking inside fifty, another intercept marker there. So I can kind of see what they're doing it, but I think we all, everyone, his first half of the season as an exercise to kick forward was was really good, and the idea of having him alongside Peter Wright and Jakey Stringer and Sam Wiedemann, all of a sudden that forward line looks oh geez that's pretty dangerous. So. I think, you know, sometimes coaches losing a game, so they look to shore up the defence. And you win the game by kicking goals, and I'd like to see uh, Kyle Langford play. Next matchup is Luke Jackson and BZT. Darcy obviously takes the, is the number one ruck, and Jackson they play is that key forward, second ruck. They flip him around there. I think BZT the most height now back. Obvious matchup. Whilst Jackson, you know, is a bit more bigger, being a, a ruckman there, I don't think he's going to wrestle and outbody BZT like a Hawkins may have. Obviously, so interesting matchup. Uh, I think he will do well, uh, but yeah, I think that's the more natural matchup in terms of height and style. And as you said earlier, Mark, I think the Laverty a miss matchup. I think. Pretty good in terms of the physicality that both guys have. Yep. And now we move on to Andy Brayshaw and Jai Caldwell. So two very similar players again. Uh, Brayshaw probably you know a bit taller kind of kind of um, player, but uh, yeah, really similar players, hard ball winners and um, and gut runners. So that's going to be a really good matchup. And Caldwell comes in with a lot of confidence um, and good form, so he's going to need that because Brayshaw has, has had a number of good years in a row, um, to be honest. So. Uh, really solid matchup there. Finally, I think we've talked about it a number of times. Uh, Darcy and Phillips in the ruck. He's just got to he's just got to get stuck in there. Phillips get get the knee in, crash bang, work him over. He's coming back from a hammy, so maybe if he looks to push forward on, maybe expose him for maybe some fitness or you know just his, just lack of touch having been out for a while there maybe. Kick a few snags, um, yeah. That'll be, I think, I think a key matchup throughout the game. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back to have uh, have a little bit of just general chat on the, on the game and what it means in the scheme of things. So, Brendan, given that we're recording on a Thursday doing the team selection show, we've We've got ourselves a, a bit of a different situation. We've got a bit of extra time, so we thought we'd just have a quick chat, um, I guess, about where we're at. And we, we sort of did that a little bit last week, but since then there's been other results come in and whatnot. And I guess I start it by looking at, um, as we record this, there's a game being played between Geelong and Melbourne, um, and it's pretty much neck and neck at the moment. So who, who knows how that finishes by the time that people listen to this recording. But um, I guess it was more the reason for bringing that up is more my mindset. So watching that game on TV, my initial thought when I saw the two teams, I thought, oh, gee, I hope Melbourne win because it'll push Geelong further away from us. And although that's probably, you know, not necessarily the wrong way to think, 
I, I want to get to the point eventually, and this is not maybe this year or next year even, but I want to get to the point where we're not worrying about the teams below us and we're actually just worrying about getting clo- closing in on the teams above us. So, you know, in that case, it would be, gee, I hope Geelong beat Melbourne because maybe we can catch catch Melbourne. So I want to – hopefully we get to the point where we can change that mentality. Um, but I guess in the short term, we should be pretty happy with where we're at and uh, and pretty satisfied. But having said that, this this weekend presents a huge opportunity uh, in terms of the ladder and our potential prospects of, of um, being able to make the eight at the end of the year. Yeah, you're right. So there, yeah, like Melbourne, they're a, they're a game ahead of us on uh, on nine wins, and Geelong are two games behind us on six. So um, it'd be great if Geelong won and Melbourne didn't, because then we might maybe sneak. For a top four spot, but I'm a scarred Essendon supporter like everybody else, and I'm more worried about dropping out of the eight than making top four. So it'll be interesting to go. Another interesting game, Mark, is the Brisbane St Kilda game. Uh, they play each other this week, and they're fourth and fifth, and we're sixth. So we're on the same amount of wins as St Kilda uh, in, in eight, with eight wins, and Brisbane are one game ahead on nine. So you could say if St Kilda win, they jump up to nine wins, right, which means we also have to win. But there's a chance then all three of us are on nine and and we might, you know, push for a top four. Or we say Brisbane win, they go to ten wins, we jump to Saints if we get up, you know, all these machinations. I just want to say it's great talking about, Wins and losses, well, we're going to be finals, where we're going to fit in the finals ladder. You know, we want to get higher up because we don't want to have to travel instead of doing what we normally do, winning 11 wins and scraping in on percentage. Now, look, we've got got ahead of ourselves here considering there's still half of the season to go. <laughs> but, geez, I, I really like this conversation. It's something I've missed over the past 20 years. So, yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. I agree, and it's. Uh, I feel a little bit ashamed to say this, but at the end of last year, I recall in the last sort of four to six weeks, actually kind of hoping that you know we'd play well, but actually not get up because at that point it was like well, we're not making finals, so we might as well make the most of our draft hand. So it was like, well, if we win, you know, a couple of games here that we're maybe not expected to win, we might push back two or three spots in the draft, which you know it's not the end of the world, but you know, you look back in time, sometimes you think, oh, you know, if we had just had a better better pick. So yeah, it's 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 a much different thought process to where we were at this time last year, which is which is rather nice. And, you know, this week, um, Adelaide have the bye. Oh no, Adelaide are playing Collingwood. Um, Richmond have got the bye. Um, who else is in there? I think the doggies have the bye uh, as well. So there's a few clubs around us that are not playing, so they don't have an opportunity to gain any points this week or any percentage. Um, percentage, I'm not really concerned about because uh, I think we just need you just need to keep winning basically if you want to make it. So it's a huge one. <coughs> Pardon me, we're maybe not expected to win. You know, it's the longest trip, you know, for us to, to make over to Perth and and uh, playing Frio, who's you know a, a side nearabouts us. But the things that it would do for our club and for that team and that that group would be huge if, if we could win. It would be potentially a bit of a turning moment, um, you know, for the second half of the season. Oh, I think it definitely would be on a number of fronts. It would, A, like we just talked about, help us with a final spot. But B, it would show that we're a professional outfit that can go and get a, get a win. I still think 
we need to have many more years of regularly winning interstate, right, because it's been such an issue for us over the journey that pretty much every time we get in a plane, it's, you know, you think of how far we're going to lose this. Uh, <laughs> so that that is a big thing. But, you know, the next five weeks, I think we talked about it on last episode, Mark, we've got the dogs, the crows, uh, Geelong, GWS and Fremantle, right, in that vicinity. I'm not, not exact weeks, but I'm pretty sure we play all those sides again in the not-too-distant future. And we're sixth, and they're, Dogs are seventh, Crows are eighth, Cats are tenth, Giants are 11th, and Fremantle are 13th, right? And there's two games between, you know, St Kilda and fifth and, you know, Fremantle and 13th. Right, and we're playing all those sides, so it's going to be like the old eight-point game where, like, you get the win, but you know you you get the gap as well because the other side doesn't have the opportunity to make the points up because they lose. So these next little while is going to be important. And Mark, we've often talked about in previous years how we can beat the bottom four sides, even when we're not great ourselves. We're able to do that. And we struggle against the top four sides because they're top four sides. They're good sides. But what we need to do is start making sure we bank those wins against sides that are around us. And then natural development will see us start to pick off some more top four sides. So at the moment, the top four is Port Adelaide, Collingwood, Melbourne and Brisbane. We beat the Ds. We ran Collingwood and Port Adelaide to one goal. Right. And we got blown away with injuries against the Lions, right? Now, do I think if we play those sides ten times each, we we win five each? No, I think I think I even I, as a biased Essen supporter, would say those sides are ahead of us, and I would expect them to win. But St Kilda, I think, in you know, we they were in red hot form at the start of the year. They jumped us in that game. I certainly think if we had to play a final against St Kilda in 12 weeks' time, I'd back us to get that win, right? You know, the Crows, who knows? They're, they've got a, you know, a lot of spark and young players carrying them. They might, they're a little bit in the same situation with like, with us. They don't really know how good they are. They're kind of their scarred from a little, bit, a little bit of the past as well. So it's that thing. The Dogs and the Tigers and the Cats, whilst they're not going as well as they might like to at the moment, you still think, geez, they've got a lot of good players. <laughs> so I would like to get to the stage where we play a, jo- a dogs, a Richmond, a Cats. We say, yeah, they've got a lot of good players, but so do we. And I'm going to back us in to get the win. So, yeah, interesting times ahead. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's, a, it's a good time uh, and hopefully it continues. So uh, I guess this week's the first step in that. And I don't know. I feel like we've been saying it all year that we're about to enter you know, an important month. And I think, you know, we said that at the start of the year because there was four teams that we could potentially beat. And then we said, all right, we're through the the teams that are, you know, potentially considered easier. We're about to enter a, a month of teams that we're not expected to beat. And then we beat one of them at the start. And then we nearly beat the second one and we nearly beat the third. And then we, you know, fell short uh, a bit on the fourth. But then we said, all right, well, we're through that month now. Now it's a really important month leading into the bye or a few weeks leading into the bye. And we got that done. You know, we won, I think we won the last four games or something, and now it's it's another important month. So, um, you know, it's a bit cliche, that one week at a time thing, but it really is uh, for us, and, and this one's a huge one. So interesting to see um, 
how we go and I hope we're at least competitive, you know, regardless of the result and, and show that we maybe do belong. And I guess we're going to find out because it, it would be, it, it, it feels premature to talk about making the eight. Cause I think, as you said, we're all scarred, but I guess, you know, if we were to make it, you kind of hope that you want to play at home and, and better your chances of being able to play at home. Um, I think, you know, in the past we've had to go to Sydney, we've had to go, to uh to WA to play West Coast, we've had to go to to Adelaide over the years. So um, the more chance you can give yourself at playing, you know, in in your home state and your home deck is is the the better thing to do. Just with some uh, some breaking news there, uh, AFL.com.au reporting that Essendon youngster Zach Reed won't play VFL this weekend after experiencing hamstring discomfort at training. So we talked earlier about he's coming back from Hammy. He's got a test. He looks like he's he's felt something. I don't know whether he's re-injured it or he's twinged it. But, yeah, he won't play at all this weekend. We are set to play Port Melbourne on Sunday. Uh, but he won't be out there. So really disappointing for Zach. Um, obviously, top 10 pick. Uh, he's had been really beset by injuries. He had... The glandular fever, then he had the back, then he had um, the hammies. He might have even had one other, one other injury there I've, I've forgotten about. He might have dropped a weight on his foot or something like that. <laughs> oh, no, that's Harry Jones, actually. He dropped a weight on his foot and broke his toe. Right, so, yeah, just so unlucky. He's got no luck. Our young tools and... Um, what a, what a, after so much excitement, Mark, we're talking about the future. To see that, it's just slap in the face. Yeah, that's an unfortunate one. That's that's not good. That's uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's that. Hopefully, it's been something that's been caught. I guess before it became an issue again. And it, uh, the article says something along the lines of maybe he's been set for scans or something. So hopefully, it was just discomfort and it's not an actual strain or a, or a setback. Um, that's the last thing we want to hear. So, uh, yeah, There's not much more we can say on that. What else have we got? Good luck to uh, all the WA Bomber faithful getting to the game on uh, on Saturday. We, we saw them out in force in the West Coast game that we played and it's not easy to get tickets over there because um, both clubs, particularly West Coast, have a huge following and so do Frio. So it's, uh, it's pretty tough to get tickets over there and they showed up in force and yeah, look forward to seeing all that um, hanging over the fence with the uh, the banners and, and everything and the bomber jumpers uh, in the crowd. So good that the WA fans get to enjoy it twice within a within a fairly short time frame. No, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, it really helps us kind of maybe neutralise the crowd. Obviously, we're not going to have, a, you know, a dominant crowd, but any little thing that we can kind of get on top, show our support, we know here in Melbourne, Mark, when we go to the G or at Marvel, when the you know the crowd can sense it and they they start cheering and they lift, and the boys do the boys do feel it there. So even if it's you know a bit of support in in enemy territory, I think that will uh, maybe help the boys get over the line. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that pretty much does us, Brendan. So um, with that, we'll we'll wrap it up and say. Go Dons. Go Bombers.